Okay, right. Today we're going to be discussing about altars. And there's two questions we're going to try and answer in this session. And those questions are, what is an altar? And what is the purpose of an altar? Okay, so I will start by saying that um, when God created Adam, he transferred the rulership of the earth to man. That is when he created Adam and Eve. Okay, so what he did essentially was to exclude himself, exclude himself and every other spirit being from having legal authority on this earth. That's what he did when he gave man dominion on this earth. Okay, so when God said, let them have dominion, that is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he says, when them, them being the, the human um, beings he had just created, Adam and his wife. Okay, so as I said before, God then transferred dominion into the hands of Adam and Eve. Okay, in letting them have dominion, what God did was to exclude himself, his angels, and any other spirit being from interfering in earthly affairs without legal permission of a man or a woman. Okay, so God locked himself out of influencing this world without man's permission. God gave the keys of this earth to man, and the keys he placed in the hands of man is either to lose, that is, to allow legal entry, or to bind, that is, to deny access to any spirit being from the spiritual realm. Okay, this confirms the statement Jesus made in Matthew 18, 18, where he said, assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, essentially what he's saying is whatever you allow on this earth is allowed in heaven. And whatever you are, you know, you forbid on this earth is forbidden in heaven. Okay. So if you allow demonic forces to come into this earth, they will come. But if you allow God's spirit to come into this earth, they will come, okay? So this is binding and loosening. That's what it practically means. It's a legal terminology, okay? So by giving man the keys to this planet earth, what God did was to lock himself and any other spirit being out of this earth. But you, you probably ask yourself, but why would God do that? Okay, why would God lock himself out of influencing what is happening on this earth? Okay, you know, you remember in one of the scriptures, the reason um, God created Adam in the first place was to have fellowship with him. And you remember God used to come down in the evenings and walk with Adam and his wife. Okay, but the thing is, before that is that was that was happening before Adam fell, before Adam fell, you know, due to sin. However, after the fall, Adam and his wife were driven out of the Garden of Eden. And because Adam had dominion, he had authority on this earth, the law of dominion then came into effect. The law of dominion came into effect. Okay. What he then means is only spirit beings with physical bodies can now exist on this earth. What this, is, what this means was that if you do not have a physical body, you cannot function on this earth. You cannot function. So the law of dominion simply states that spirit without physical bodies of dirt are illegal on earth. And remember, God created our body from the earth, from the dust of the earth. So any spirit that wants to function on this earth has to have a physical body, like our spirit. You know, our spirit is housed in our body, our dirt, dust body. Okay. Then 
So, as I said, that spirit without physical bodies of death are illegal on this earth unless they are functioning through a human being who has given them permission. Okay? So, for any spirit being, apart from the human beings, to function on this earth, they have to come through a human being. That is a human with a dirt body. Okay? Now you understand how important it is to pray. Prayer is very important. Prayer is man's way of giving God the legal permission he needs to righteously interfere in the affairs of men. Okay? That is how prayer is. So what this means is that law of dominion essentially transformed, it transformed the earth into the world of men, into the world of men, okay? This was the reason Jesus had to be born as a man in order to come and rescue us legally from the law of sin and death. Without coming in as a man, he would not have been able to save us, okay? Because this earth belongs to man that has dominion. Okay, all right. So after the fall of Adam, God, he devised a way for himself and his holy angels to enter our physical planet. Legally, God devised a way, okay? And we know whatever God does, the devil copies. The devil copies, okay? So before Adam and Eve went out of the garden, God showed them how to build an altar. He showed them how to build an altar when he killed an animal in the Garden of Eden to atone for their sin, to atone for their sin, okay? That is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. So Adam passed this information to his sons, Cain and Abel, okay? So we are going to discuss that in the next um, video, not in this one, okay? The altar will serve as a meeting place between spirit and the world of humanity. That is between the spirit world and in the, you know, in the world of humanity. So that is what the altar serves as, as a meeting place. So what we're going to, the next question we're going to answer now is, what is the purpose of an altar? What is the purpose of an altar? The altar, essentially works as a power station. It works as a power station that connects two worlds. It's either is connecting heaven and earth or is connecting hell and earth. Okay, so this is what the altar is, a power station, a power station. You see, when God gave Adam dominion on this earth, he gave Adam authority, but he did not give Adam power. He did not give Adam power. So if man wants to operate in power, he has to get that power from the realms of the spirit. The spirit realm has the power, okay, but man has authority. Now, this is the reason we say that an altar is a power station. It's a power station. This is the reason Jesus told his disciples to remain in Jerusalem, uh, you know, until they receive power from on high. This is in the book of Acts, um, chapter 1, verse 8. I'll read it. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in Judah and Samaria, and to the end of the earth unto the end of the earth. So when the Holy Spirit came, he came through the altar of prayer in the upper room. That was the root the Holy Spirit came into this world from the upper root because they built an altar for him there. You know, the Bible tells us when the disciples came back to Jerusalem after seeing Jesus ascend into heaven, they entered the upper room where they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. So mankind is the legal guardian of this planet. 
So the most important element at the altar is the human who attends to the altar. Is the human that attends to the altar. Okay. So this person who serves as the attendant to the altar basically becomes a servant of either God or the demonic spirit that has been given legal authority to operate freely in the world of men through this altar. Okay, through this altar. So there is only one true God. We have only one God. We don't have different gods or anything, no. Only one true God. And so if any spirit comes through from the kingdom of darkness, you know, if any spirit comes through an altar from the kingdom of darkness that has been given legal authority through an altar to operate in the world of men, that spirit becomes an idol. And behind that idol is demon gods. So it's demon gods, demon spirits that have come through that altar. Okay. So because altars are power stations, altars are power stations, you can either get a godly power from, you know, or get demonic power from an altar. The attendant at an altar becomes supernaturally empowered. Okay, they become supernaturally empowered, you know, like what happened to the disciples of Jesus at the upper room, at the upper room in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Where they were sitting, verse 3 then says, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You see, when the Holy Spirit came through that holy altar at the upper room, he gave them power. He gave them power. This is the power we get from a holy altar. The power we get from a holy altar is the Holy Spirit. But we need to be very, very, very discerning because power also comes from demonic altars. This is the reason Jesus said in Matthew 7, um, chapter 7, verse 15. I'll read verse 15, 16, 18, and 20. Okay, so verse 15 says, Be, be aware of false prophets. Who come to you in sheep's clothing? But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Remember, when God cursed Adam, he also cursed the ground he stood on. And he said that the ground will produce for him thorns and thistles. So what it means, anything that is cursed is, you know, the ground that is cursed or whichever root, an altar, a cursed altar will only produce thorns and thistles, cursed things, cursed things, okay? So we go on, verse 18, then says, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, or, or nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Then verse 20 says, Therefore, by the fruit, you will know them. So what does Jesus mean by this? What he's saying is a good altar cannot produce demonic spirits. And a demonic spirit or a demonic altar cannot produce a holy spirit. This is what he's saying. And then he said, by the fruit, you will know them. Because every altar has a spirit. And that spirit has fruits. They have fruits. So a spirit that comes through a holy altar will have good fruit. So it's a good tree. But any spirit that comes through on holy altar will have demonic unholy fruits. Do you understand? Okay. So 
what Jesus meant by fruit. He didn't mean, you know, the, the, the ministers that are attending to that um, altar. He didn't mean that, you know, how big is their ministry or how powerful they're working in, in, in signs and wonders. That's not what he meant. You know, what he meant by the fruit is the character and personality of the spirit that is giving them power to operate. Okay. So when you see all these big ministers with big uh, ministries moving in signs and wonders, what you need to ask yourself and what you need to observe is their character. You know, what character, what fruit are they producing? What is in their personality? A holy altar will produce a holy spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Paul tells us in Galatians, if you have your Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 5. This is the fruit of the Spirit that will come through a holy altar. And this is the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And I'll read. It says, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Against such there is no law. Okay? And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So what he's saying is, if, if we are attending a holy altar and the Holy Spirit is coming through that, giving us power, then we should live our life according to the character and personality of this, what the spirit is giving us, okay? So, you know, the Holy Spirit will come through a holy altar and a demonic spirit will come through a demonic altar. So the spirit coming through a holy altar is called Holy Spirit, which, God's, which is God's spirit that carries God's power. So God's spirit has God's character and personality. And this is what we have just read now. So the spirit that comes through an ungodly altar, the, the character and the personality of that spirit is also written in Galatians chapter 5. And we'll read from verse 19, which says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outburst of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness, revery. This is, you know, when you, when you, when somebody a drunkard, they'll start misbehaving or enjoying parties and, you know, drinking and things like that. That's what that reverie means. And the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, the difference between the spirits, there's a lot of difference. You can see in the character, okay? The Holy Spirit, he operates through our human spirit. Okay, so the Holy Spirit will give us the characteristics of, of God, his personality, which is love, joy. This is the reason Jesus said we should love one another. And this is why Paul is saying is walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because the powers that come through demonic spirits where they affect us most is in the flesh, in our soul area, okay? 
So this is why Jesus said we should crucify the flesh at the cross. The cross is an altar, the highest altar on this earth. So when we are praying, we are praying as born again Christians. We are praying through a holy altar. But the thing is, God is very selective of the sacrifices we bring. And I will go deeper into that when in the next um, session, in our next meeting, when I talk about the different types of altars. Okay? So the demonic spirits, the, the, what, the power they give affects our flesh, our soul. So that's why, you know, when you, when you're, when you see people manifesting, they're manifesting in the flesh because there's a difference. Uh, with the manifestation of the spirit that is coming from your own spirit, where the Holy Spirit lives, and then a spirit that is manifesting in the flesh because it's very emotional, you know. They are very quick for anger. They're very quick to burst into anger and things that, that are like that. That is the flesh acting up. That is the flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have dealt with the character and personality of the powers that comes through different altars. And now you understand why Jesus said, by the fruit, you will know them, okay? So the fruit is the character and personality of the spirit that is coming through whichever altar that um, um, the human attendant of that altar is manifesting. Because whatever spirit that is coming from the altar that human attendance is attending is, this, is the characteristics that human attendance will display. So if you're a godly person or a godly man and woman and you are tending to a holy altar, the, 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 the character and personality you will be displaying is the character of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the character and personality of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So until an altar is demolished, either physically or spiritually, you know, you know um, idols, they have their physical altars. When you go to um, witch doctors, they have their things in the high places and, and, you know, things like that. When you go to the altar of a, a, um, of a, a, a witch doctor, you see different things, you know. So these are the altars of the of the demonic spirit. These are the sacrifices they have brought to them, okay? So what, what I'm saying is until an altar is demolished, that spirit that was let loose through that altar will continue to function on this earth. It will continue to have an impact on the life of the people that gave them permission to come through that altar. Even if the generation that first brought it has gone, this spirit will continue to have effect on the next generation because curses pass down through generations, okay? So for you to demolish um, um, an altar, if it's a holy altar, the way, to, if you don't, the, the way a, a holy altar is demolished is if you stop praying. If you stop praying and worshiping and glorifying God with your praises, you know, because you, our praises and our worship is a sacrifice we bring onto the altar of God. This is why uh, the Bible tells us that God dwells in the praises of his children. Because the praises is our sacrifice. The sacrifice of our lips is what we present to a holy altar. So when we stop praying, we stop reading our Bible, we stop connecting with God, we are demolishing the holy altar. But for a demonic altar, you may, de you may demolish the physical um, representation of that altar, but spiritually, if you are not delivered from the spirit that came through that altar, it will still be following your bloodline for generations and generations. You know, you will find that the pattern of that altar, you will find it in the in the generation of those people who allow that spirit to come in. Like for example, now, 
let's say for diseases, if um, an altar came with a curse of sickness and disease, you will see the pattern of sickness in that family from generation to generation. Even if it's like divorce, if a family is riddled with divorce, these are curses that came through an altar, they're allowed in. You will see generation of generation of getting divorced or lack of marriage. If, an, if, if a, a curse came in through of, of because of the you know, demonic altar, that's the thing we need to understand. Every time we open up a, a demonic altar and allow a spirit demon to come in, it comes in with a curse. And a curse comes in with a demon. Is the demon that will make that curse to come to pass, okay? And wherever there is a demon, there is defilement. Defilement, this is why they're called, you know, unclean spirits. Because wherever they are, that place is unclean. On, until that place is cleansed, God delivers it, the generation from that spirit. That spirit will continue to function in that bloodline forever and ever, okay? So this is why these are the things we're seeing in Africa. And you know, Africans, our ancestors, they worshipped demon gods. They built demonic altars. Even those who call themselves Christians, if we do not truly repent of our ancestral uh, iniquities, those altars will continue to function in our life. If, you, if, a, uh, if a, a spirit that comes through an altar is a spirit of anger, you will find anger in that bloodline. That spirit, that altar will be speaking in that person's life. And you see that person will be manifesting an unusual anger, demonic anger. So these are the altars that are speaking in that bloodline. And until that person repents of their sin and asks God to deliver them, they repent of their ancestral sin as well as their own. And then ask the Lord to deliver them. That spirit will continue to have legal right in that family's life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we unmute un un now? Unmute yourselves. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yes. I can hear you. Okay. Is there any questions? Let's do some discussion. Questions. So, any questions? Machuku? Yeah, I'm here. My sister, ask questions now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, the 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 um the um teaching is very clear, you know. It's very very clear. Yeah, I understood understand what you said and. Um, hmm. I don't think I have any question to ask. Hmm. I think but I have a question. Okay. Yeah, you said that um that these altars they hmm. work as power stations. Yes. Between connecting two worlds. Yes. The outsider, the earthly world, and spiritual world, that spiritual world that to either the satanic world or God's kingdom. Yeah, hmm? it connects, the, the uh, altars connect either heaven and earth. Okay, the Holy Spirit connects us with heaven. Yeah. That's a holy yeah. altar. And that is where the, the holy power is coming from. And then, remember, there's only one God. So yes. there will be only one source of holy altar, and that is from God's kingdom, heaven, okay? So the other altars they may have wherever, you know, any other altars, you, you have so many demonic altars. Apart from the holy altar, all other altars are demonic. The only spirit that is coming through those altars are demonic gods, demonic spirits. Okay, and those altars connect you to the kingdom of hell. To the kingdom of hell. So when a demonic altar is built, what you're doing, what whoever built that altar, what they are doing is allowing hell to operate on earth. 
if you look around you, you can actually know where how much demons have influence on this world. Because if you look about uh, around the you know the murder rate, the ang anger rate, the things that are happening that is not holy, is not of God, is coming from the kingdom of hell, kingdom of darkness, and these and those things are here because humans gave them permission. Humans gave them permission. So sometimes yeah. people people will say, you know, if something bad happens and people complain and said, oh, where, where, where is God? Where did, where, where is God? Why did he allow this to happen? Okay. It happened because you gave demonic spirits authority to function in your life. Meanwhile, you have not created a holy altar to allow God's spirit to come and interfere in your business. Instead, what we are allowing in our life is demons. And what does demons come to do? They come to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is what we're seeing. This is what we're seeing. Okay? So God is saying, it's a bad time. You know, when the Bible say that his people are dying due to lack of knowledge, that is exactly what is happening. It's lack of knowledge of how our world functions and how God has created us as human beings and the power he has given us. What is destroying us? It's not the demons. We allow the demons to come in. So when they come in, they do what is natural to them. And what is natural is to still kill and destroy. That is natural to them. You know, they cannot do anything else. They do what they need to do. Okay, so it's in our hand to change things. If we want to have control of our world, it's in our hand to petition God and build a holy altar and keep the fire burning and allowing the spirit of God to come in and deal with these demons. That's the only way we are going to be delivered. Amen. Amen. I, I actually have a question. Amen. I actually have a question. Okay. Yeah, so my question is this. A family, you know, uh, the, the, the people that started the family, maybe they have uh, altars that are demonic for sure. Yeah. And then there is this um, repeating, you know, uh, kind of uh, attitude towards even the younger ones yeah. manifest this attitude, yeah. especially of anger yeah. or even other things, yeah. but I know about anger. Yeah. And then you are trying to deal with that. Now today I've learned about building an altar. I don't have an altar. I, I, I always say the truth. Like mm. I said, I'm a baby Christian or whatever. Mm. I don't have an altar, but I've now known the need for that. Yes. And I'm going to look into that. Amen. So, um, within that family, not probably not your own. Um, uh, within this family, the larger family, mm. you still see younger people mm. going out. Because if we are saying this, it just looks as if it is farish. It's things that are happening even till today that yeah. are happening today in a very large you know uh, numbers mm -hmm. some young people go out to bring in something that you hear and your your head is almost exploding mm -hmm. bring, bring in that thing and build something and put them in maybe one uh, one of their rooms or something mm -hmm. you know they are the, from the same family Mm -hmm. As probably maybe where one is married to, mm -hmm. you might say it doesn't concern you. So my question is, but I'm concerned about these things. Mm -hmm. My question is, if the person who is an adult goes into bringing something, if you ask them, they said, oh, it's for protection or for this or for that. Mm -hmm. Is that thing the person brings in for that person alone and his uh, own descendants, or is it going to affect everybody now? Because I'm actually very 
concerned about things like you, this. You, you know, the thing with demonic altar, let me explain to you, okay? The thing with okay. demonic altars is once you have brought in that altar, what you have done, what the person have done is open a pathway, giving it legal permission for the power that is coming through that altar to affect every member of that family in that place, okay? Even, the, no. like, for example... He is, an, he is an adult, a man, on, you know, a, a grown man with his yes. own family. Is it yes. for his own family or for other people too? He is for his own family. As long as there is a bloodline link to that family, do you know how, do you know how curses are passed? I will tell you how curses are passed. Curses are passed through your DNA, through your DNA from the sperm of the man and the ovum of the woman, those 26 chromosomes that you inherit from your mother and from your father, when they come together, whatever curse that has been imprinted in their genotype will be passed to their children. Okay? This is how curses are passed. And this is how when you watch a family, you will see a repeated pattern of things, behavior of things in that bloodline. You know? Yeah. There's a, but, the thing with the, um, altars is a place of ritual. It's a place of ritual. The ritual is, is repeated over and over and over again. For example, now, if you build an altar of praise to God, in that altar, you'll be praising God. You'll be worshiping. It's an altar of praise. Okay, but when demons come, when you build, when somebody builds a demonic altar, what comes through there is a, a power, a demonic power. And the thing is, these demons, they're not, they, they're not discriminative. Whatever you give them, they will take. All they want is permission to come on this earth and influence the earth. But God is very selective. It's not every sacrifice you bring that altar that God will accept. No, it's holy. And you cannot bring a defiled sacrifice to him and expect him to take it. When, when we do about Cain and Abel, the authors they built, I will explain to you what happened there. Yeah, I still, you still didn't touch my question. Because I'm I, really I touch your question. Now, what you're saying is, like now, yeah. you have two brothers, okay? Yeah. And one brother worships, uh, he has an altar in his house, a demonic altar. Exactly. Okay. And he's doing his thing, doing his thing. Uh -huh. the, 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 the demon that is going to come through that altar will affect him. But there's a bloodline issue here as well. If the ancestors were worshipping demonic spirits, they built a demonic altar. The ancestors... The demon that came through the ancestral altar would also affect the other brother. But this brother now has, the other brother has made a covenant, you know, with a demon god. That he a, new, a new one, a new one. A new one, yes. Uh -huh. So, but the so ancestral that new one, one, that new one, my question is, that new one, yes. is it going to affect the brother who is on his own trying to, you know, Live a good life. Okay. No. As long as he's under the covering of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus, and he is, you know, he has his own holy altar, the spirit of God will protect him. Exactly. That's my question. Mm. That is my question. Because that brother might try to stop the other brother from bringing in whatever he uh, wants to bring in, but he refuses. Yeah. Uh, so, so if that thing is going to affect him, that's not going to be fair to him. No, that is but, my... but as long as as long as he has his own holy altar, because okay. the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus was spilled at an altar. The cross mm. is the highest altar on this earth. As long as that brother is under that altar of Jesus, the blood will protect him. Okay. Okay. The blood okay. will protect him. My question is answered. Thank you. All right. Any other questions? Joyce? I think uh, the Bible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The Bible also makes us to know that 
we are no longer under any cause when we are in Christ Jesus. Because as Christ was born and crucified on the cross, mm -hmm. he also, those causes were nailed to the cross. And whosoever has come to surrender his or her life mm -hmm. to the Lord Jesus mm -hmm. has received salvation. Mm -hmm. You automatically receive with sincerity in your heart. You receive the full benefits of salvation. Mm -hmm. And one of them is this breaking of horses and mm -hmm. yokes, which maybe forefathers or generation of this must mm -hmm. have gone into, you know, mm -hmm. from evil alliance. Mm -hmm. Once you're hid in Christ, covered by the blood of Christ, mm -hmm. you've been washed of your sins. Those sins do not impact on you again. Although I know there are some ministries that say, even though you're born again, you still have to undergo some form of deliverance mm -hmm. to totally, uh, you know, erase or wash off mm -hmm. any influence that uh, these evil altars that uh, one's family or one's generation had uh, erected. Mm -hmm. So, because there are some Christians that believe once you're born again, Mm -hmm. You're delivered from all those things. Then again, even when you're born again, mm -hmm. there are some manifestations of uh, not too pleasant things that occur in your life. Mm -hmm. And some people attribute that to the fact that uh, the individual has not uh, undergone a deliverance. Mm -hmm. So I want more clearance on that. Are we saying then that Having surrendered, you've repented of your, you've confessed your sins, you have repented, you have received Christ into your life, and by the grace of God and the Spirit of God walking in you, you are following hard after God, you're living a righteous God, not by your power, but by the grace which God gives you. Are you still, can you still be influenced by those uh, uh, evil altars that were erected by your forefathers or generations or even your immediate family. So I know that, like, for instance, it's on Yoruba culture. You know, even, <laughs> sorry to say, there are some Christians who are Yoruba, mm -hmm. but they still cling to some of these, their uh, idol worship of a thing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, 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 in, for, for such people, I know that if they still cling to those idols, it means that their faith in God is not faith at all. Mm -hmm. Why are they serving two gods? Mm -hmm. Like there was a time when my husband became born again. Mm -hmm. Before he became born again, he was into all these fetish things. And you know, Africa, we, they <laughs> have a lot of idols and fetish things they do. Mm -hmm. So he was practicing such things. Mm -hmm. Hello, can yes. you hear me? We can hear you, yes. Okay. Uh, my <laughs> phone seems to have gone off. We can hear you, go on. Okay, let's take a light. Okay. I'm taking off. Okay. Boma, do you have any questions? If I'm learning from others. Okay. If I'm, can you hear us now? Yes. Okay, that's better. If I'm oh, okay. mm. I said, mine is not a question, it's a game. What okay. I have done this night. Okay. I've been hearing of altar, altar. But this night, I have really come to understand the meaning of altar. Mm. Mm? Yes. Mm -hmm. Good. Praise God. Like this uh, altar, where, where you, like the cross is, mm -hmm. is the, the powerful altar. Mm -hmm. And any other altar is not, uh, is not it. Yes. I really come to understand the difference between the altar of God mm -hmm. and the altar of demon. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then, then I now understand that if you really give your life and in that your altar, you really go there to worship God, yes. to give Him praises. Yes. Whatever you are asking for, He will release it unto you. Yes. Unlike brother, brother altar who is fighting, mm. giving giving His people mm. their own his, his own support. Yes, mm. that's what they ask for. They also get what they ask for. But you yeah, can't they what they ask for. <laughs> and that one, they've been asking for goats, asking for chicken, asking for this. Yes. Just asking for your heart. Yes. God mm -hmm. is only asking for your heart. That's what you heart. bring to him at the altar. 
and when you come, you, a, you come with a, a pure heart. That's why mm. in one of the scriptures in the Psalms, it says, who can ascend, you know, to the heavens, to the Lord? It's those with a clean hands and a pure heart. Okay. Yes. So this is what he's seeking from us, a clean hands and a pure heart. And this is why he says, if you seek me, you know, sincerely with your heart, you will find me. God is asking for our heart, nothing else, to seek him totally with our heart. He let him be the all and all in your life. That's what he's asking. But on the other hand, Satan don't care what you give him. Whatever you give him, he will take, you know. Whatever you give him, he will take. As long as, you know, it's not a, a sincere heart. <laughs> Whatever he gives you, he takes it back. He, he doubles mm. Yeah, because all he wants is to come in. Once he comes in, he ruins your life. He destroys it. He, he, at the end, he'll probably kill you, you know? So I don't know why people seek demonic authors, demonic powers. That power is only for temporarily. It doesn't last. And all it does, it brings you misery, misery and pain. That's all it has. It does. Mm. Okay. But Auntie, what you're trying to say is that when your altar, your own altar that you have in your own home is yes. is alive and being ministered to regularly, it tends it will demolish other altars that exist in that place. Exactly. The more alive you keep your own altar, the more it demolishes all altars that are operating around you. Exactly. Do you remember the story of David and the Philistines? I think it's in uh, either in the Samuel, the book of Samuel. You know, when the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they took that Ark into their own temple, the temple of Dagon. You know, the next day they came, Dagon was on the floor. You know, mm. but still they didn't get it. They put Dagon beside that altar again. And the next day, Dagon was on the floor. His hand was broken. His head was broken. This is what the altar of God does in our home. Okay, yes, right. When you have an altar of God that is functioning and the Holy Spirit is filling your home with his presence and his power, any demonic spirit or anybody that comes in with a demonic spirit in their, in their, in their body or wherever, that person cannot enter your house with that demon. The demon will be left outside. Meanwhile, the person will come into your home. When the person goes out again, that demon will jump up on them and they will go. But that demon is not allowed in your home. This is how important having an altar in your home is. And you keep that fire burning at that altar. Okay. Mm. All right. Yes. Okay. So when we go deeper, we're going to go deeper into this altar. When I, I will explain the two types of altar, I think we've already understood it now, but we will go, we will do that as well. We will uh, teach on the two types of altar and then we'll teach on the law that governs altars. We have touched okay. a little bit about it today, but we're going to go deeper into the laws that govern altars. Okay? Amen. Amen. So is there any more questions? It have, has, has today's teaching helped? Do you think it has sort of yeah. given you a more better understanding about it? Very much so. He helped a lot. He helped a lot. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So when yeah. we go, you know, as we progresses, we're going to be, I'm going to be able to, you know, also show you how you can demolish the altars in your home by okay. you know, taking out a restraining order on the spirit or the demon that is operating in that in your in the altars that are affecting your family. You can wow. personally, you know, take do a petition and take an order in the courtroom of heaven and bind the spirits that are operating in your wow. heart. Okay? So this is how deep yeah. we're going to go. It's how okay. Okay? Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. So shall we, let's just maybe pray, um, play one worship song, and then we do our prayer. I think we have uh, Sister Joyce, probably never have knocked her out. <laughs> 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 or oh, maybe her, her data has finished. Thank you, Jesus. I just worship.
I have no right to this music.
repent. You may not know, you know, all for all the sins of your ancestors, uh, ancestors, but you need to ancestral um ancestral sins, bring them under the cross. You don't just do it once, it's a continuous thing. So the Holy Spirit will be revealing to you things that has been in your family. You know, for example, let me share with you. I used to minister in the healing rooms, okay? And there was a time I was having a lot of issues. I was becoming very sick. So I went, in, I went for a conference. And at the conference, a lady gave me a scripture. And the scripture she gave me, I think was Joel 2. And where the Lord was saying, um, the blood sin I have not forgiven. Now I will forgive. You know, I didn't understand that. So as I was praying, the Lord started showing me visions. And visions he was showing me was my ancestors. This vision, I was seeing a young man tied up. And he was wearing a gra glass, grass, you know, grass skirt. And a lot of men were leading him into a path, into the bush, right into the bush. I saw this wow. for two days. The first one, I saw this young man being uh, walked down the, the path with his hand tied at the back and then a man with cutlasses leading him. The next day, I started praying again and the same vision came. And this time, the vision I saw was this man's head was decapitated. His head was taken out. The Lord showed me somebody was presenting the heart of this man to the devil. I saw the devil standing there to receive this heart. Okay. And in my spirit, I knew this was something that happened in my bloodline. So when I came back from this conference, there's a, what we call generational deliverance we do in, in the place where I used to minister. You know? So I booked. There was a long, a long waiting list. It took three months for them to call me. So when they called me, what we do during this time of deliverance is about two or three people who will just sit around, take a paper, and we'll ask the Holy Spirit, what sin was committed, you know, in this family to cause this curse? Will you keep asking that? And this Holy Spirit will take you the generation, the generation, the generation. And in my own case, it was 103 generations. It took me back. It took us back. And he will reveal what sin was committed. You will write it down. He will reveal another one. You write it down. Three A4 papers were full back and front Why? of the iniquities in this family line. Oh. So after that, I had to stand up and read every single sin and repent of it and repent of it and repent of it and repent of it. Okay. And then after that, the paper was burnt. Okay. So I've repented of the sins of my ancestors on my bloodline, on my father's bloodline. But I also had to do it with my mother's bloodline. Because it's a double woman. It's not just one. Okay? So these are the things we're suffering from. The sins of our ancestors. Eh? Disease and sickness. Stagnation. No progress. Poverty. These are the curses that came down those demonic um, altars. And these are the things Africans are dealing with in this day and age. You know? It's a pity the church don't teach these things and, and, allow, and help people to be released from these demonic curses. But God is faithful. He's giving his children a lot of, you know, revelation on this issue. And he is dealing with them. He is dealing with it. Amen. 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 So, so we pray and then close. Our next meeting will be next week, Monday, where I will be bringing the second part of this altar teaching. All right? Let's pray. Yeah. Thank you, merciful Father. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for your grace that was and the anointing that was in this teaching. You helped your daughters to understand what they need to understand about altars. And Father, I know by the time you finish with us, you will also teach us how to demolish demonic altars that our ancestors had built in our bloodline. Father, we'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory for you are worthy. You are worthy to be praised and you are worthy to be exalted. Father, our prayer this night is, oh Lord, as you have given us understanding about altars, Father, help us to build holy altars, godly altars, 
in our homes, Almighty Jehovah. This is our prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Amen. I pray that you continue to guide your daughters. You continue to protect them and their family wherever they are in Nigeria, in America, in the UK. Father, guide and protect them and bring us together again next Monday for another teaching. Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.